Hi, I'm Rachel Hocking. I'm a Walpuri woman from the Northern Territory and a freelance journalist with a passion for sharing our mob stories. The talk you're about to hear was recorded from the studio stage at the Sydney Opera House in June 2021 on unceded Gadigal land. Yarning Country is a night of storytelling where First Nations mob from Yorta Yorta Country all the way to Bidjigal share their relationship to country through stories, song, dance and poetry. Everybody. Oh, it's really beautiful to see your faces. We, um, we're meant to pack out this audience tonight, but I've got to say, just having you here means so, so much, eh? My name is Rachel Hocking. I'm a Walpuri woman from the Tanami Desert, and it is my huge honour to introduce Yarning Country. Yarning Country is an event that takes place on Gadigal land, where you sit right now, and we have to remember that every day we walk in the city called Sydney, that we're walking on Gadigal land, we're walking on Bidjigal country, and we're walking on Darug land. It is a huge privilege to be a visitor here. I've been a visitor here for about six and a half years now. Started way back at my uh, job at NITV in 2015, and um, I just met some of the most beautiful traditional owners throughout my time here. Really generous people who welcomed a desert girl to the city, which gets a little bit too cold for me sometimes but um, which has made me feel right at home, especially this year, and getting to spend some time with some of the beautiful people that you're going to meet tonight. This woman who's about to welcome us is somebody who has a presence, somebody who has knowledge that dates back so, so far you couldn't count. Arnie Rhonda Dixon-Grovner is a Gadigal traditional owner. She's Bidjigal, Darawal, and Ewan Woman. She's the daughter of Chika Dixon, one of our freedom fighters, somebody who has ensured that we are here today and that we keep fighting for this country, this land. And that's part of what we're here to do tonight, which is talk to this land, speak to this country, but from our experiences, from our own countries, so Arnie Rhonda Dixon's going to welcome us, but we're also going to hear stories from Yorta Yorta's. We're going to hear stories from Bidjigal, Lapuru's. We're going to hear stories from my own country, Walpuri. And we also have Rajri, Nunga, Durambul here tonight. So it is my great privilege to introduce Arnie Rhonda Dixon-Grovner to welcome us to Gadigal land. At the end of her welcome, we're going to play a song by her daughter, Nadina Dixon, Aboriginal Land, and we're going to play some beautiful images on the screen behind. So sit through that and just listen to what Nadina has to say after her mother welcomes us. Thank you. Warami, Gadigal, Bidjigal, Dorog, Nora, Walamabemi, Inyana. Bayalawa, Nainailang, Budri, Darabarayanu, welcome to Gadigal land, Warain. I'd like to also acknowledge the elders, past, present, and future. My name's Lani Rhonda Dixon Grosvenor. I'm a traditional descendant 
of the Gadigal, Bidjigal, Darug and Yuan people from the Sydney Basin, out west of Sydney and the far south coast of New South Wales, the Yuan people. The Yuan people's country goes over the Victorian border, so we don't take notice of the, the lines because we know our country. So I'm going to take you on a bit of a journey tonight because it's about a yarn and it's lovely to see you here. And uh, so I'm going to talk to you a bit about our, our people, my people, and we're the first people to be colonised uh, in Australia. We're the first people to experience stolen generation and in the Aboriginal Protection Board era, they were taking our people, our children, and putting them on um, reserves, missions, um, out at like at La Perouse and um, down the south coast, Wreck Bay, Wallaga Lake and so on. This was happening all over Australia. So um, they were run by missionaries. And my dad, Charles Chicka Dixon, said that um, the missionaries would sit up and you could smell them chops cooking. And they used to throw the sheep's guts, the offal, out to the Aboriginal people like they were dogs. Um, they weren't allowed off the mission without permission of the um, managers. And if they did and they come back a bit late, they couldn't come in to the, their, ho their home, the mission. They had to sleep out in the bush. They wasn't allowed to um, collect the bush foods, which is very, very high in um, vitamins, much higher than the whitefella food. And um, so they weren't allowed to get their bush medicines or collect their ochres and material for ceremony. Uh, weren't allowed to speak language, sing the songs. So um, it was really hard, very, very hard for Aboriginal people. A lot of Aboriginal people were murdered and massacred. My people, the Darawal people, was run over the cliff, the Appen Massacre, and 18 women, men, women and children were run over the cliff and then they went down and got the bodies and hung them up in the trees and said, if you don't do what we tell you, this is gonna happen to you. And so that's only one story uh, that I, I know of. I know of others, but I just wanted to share that with you because we're you know, in, in this area now. Um, so, at the moment, uh, I just wanna go back. I'll go back to the day when my father, who was 18 at the time, he was at a meeting with Jack Patton, who was a very well-known um, activist. And it was the 5th of May, uh, I think it was 48. Dad was 18 at the time, so he always remembered this. And he heard Jack Patton speak. And he said he heard this booming voice because Jack Patton was a big man. And he said, stand up for your people and fight for justice. And that installed that, those words installed that seed for my father 
to go on his political journey. My father was an alcoholic. So when I was 10, Dad was in and out of jail. We used to go, my sister and I, out to La Perouse, because that's where my people were living, and Dad was at the time in a little tin shed. And he'd be either full-on drunk or shaking with the shakes, or he'd be in jail. So when I was 10, he said to his sister on the mission, he said, I'm going to give up drinking. And she just laughed at him. The next day, he was marching down the street in the rallies. He said, while ever I fight for my people, I will never, ever drink. And he was instrumental in that. He helped to set up the Aboriginal Tent Embassy, the Aboriginal Medical Service, the Aboriginal Legal Service. He was um, lobbying for funding for the Black Theatre and a lot of other different organisations. Um, so that was, that kept him going and, and keep him going for justice, fighting for justice for our people. He went overseas, he was the chair of the Aboriginal Arts Board, and he went overseas and he took Aboriginal art overseas. John Mundine, who's an artist and curator, acknowledged that my father, Charles Chicka Dixon was the first Aboriginal person to take Aboriginal art overseas. And he also took musicians, both contemporary and tra traditional. And he used to take them into the jails and he'd talk about the plight of Aboriginal people. Into the jails and into the sobriety centres and, um, and, and he'd meet with the Native American, Native Canadian people and the Afro-American people. So he was over there and he spoke to the Black Panthers and we got photos. I've got all his personal photos. So um, it was a pretty amazing journey and um, I guess that's what sent me on my journey too because I used to go to the demonstrations with Dad and now 70 years old, um, I've got 14 grandchildren, so uh, I'm passionate about equal rights and social justice. My daughter and I have been doing a lot of rallies with um, Black Lives Matter and climate justice rallies. We did um, one in the domain, which we now reclaimed the language name of Jabbagali, because our people had big, um, have a big connection to that area. Um, our people held corroborees in that area. My great-grandmother, she, she was put in, um, into that. There was an institution down the domain and she was placed in there. And then when she was a bit older, she lived at Circular Quay. And she used to walk through Centennial Park out to La Perouse. So we're following all these and tracing all, all these stories. And as a family, we want to walk the paths that our people walked, our family walked. And so these are some of the, um, the things that we're doing. And we're also revitalising our cultural um, uh, arts and crafts. 
and, and that sort of thing. Um, this possum skin ceremonial cloak was made by my family and because the possums had to come from New Zealand, Uncle Max Delamundman Harrison, Ewan's senior lawman, came and he smoked every pelt because we were welcoming back our brothers and sisters back home. So my family was part of the ceremony and um, also my grandson, Yaron, and my granddaughters, twin, their twinnies, and my daughter. So it was um, very moving. Um, this cloak is um, it's a ceremonial cloak and it's used for births, deaths, marriages, wakes, naming ceremonies. Uh, next month for NADOC, I'll be going up the cross, which I, I like to do, it's, it's important to me, to go up there and to see my, my people who are having trouble with drugs and, and alcohol, and I do healing with this cloak. So last time I was there, a young mum who lost her children said, Auntie, can you do some healing for me? So I said, of course. And so I put the cloak around her and I just held her and I said, this is who you are. This is your people. This is your land. This is your culture. And this will bring you strength and peace for your journey. So I've done that on a number of occasions and I feel very honoured that um, I'm able to do this and that I've, I've been given the, the support by my elders um, on this journey. So in the inside of this cloak, we also have done burning and of our symbols and our stories um, of our creation of Guliga, our sacred mountain down at um, Walliga Lake area. And it's also got the stingray, the octopus, and we call the octopus um, Gunji, which means also we call the police Gunji because they always reaching out with their arms, taking our people. 450 Aboriginal people have died in custody and not one policeman has been prosecuted. Once I had um, a media fellow come and ask me when I was demonstrating outside of the courthouse, he said, Auntie Rhonda, why do you keep doing this? I said, I'll do this until our people have justice and are treated as equal human beings. So I just wanted to share that and the wonderful thing that we're, where we're at today as the traditional descendants of this area is that we are renewing our culture. Um, we're also replanting our bush plants, our little bushes and our bush medicines and we're doing ceremony, we're going out and collecting our ochres and a ceremonial objects and plants that we need. So, and we claim, we're reclaiming areas using the language names. So um, it's very important that we do this so that we can share with and teach the young ones 
So just this year at LARPA, and um, Uncle, um, Uncle Vic Sims is coming on soon. So we're related. It's magical. And out at LARPA, our people were given the rights back to go fishing. They took the fishing licence away from our people all down the coast in, at LARPA. So this year was the first year that our people went out and, and was pulling in the fish, going out in the boat and dragging the nets in. And so that was a beautiful time, a beautiful experience. And there were six young fellas that, that were being taught how to do that again. So um, this renewal and resurgence is about decolonising. It's about standing up and taking our rightful place as the First Nations people. And so I just wanted to, you know, have a yarn with you and share some of our story about what, it, what it's like for us um, being First Nations people in, in a city and, um, and reclaiming our spaces and our language and our culture. So, I hope you enjoyed my yarn and thank you. It's so lovely to see all your beautiful faces here tonight and the intimate little um, group that we have is beautiful. And um, so, we're going to close with my daughter's, daughter's song, Aboriginal Land. And she's doing a lot of, that's her work. The, and this is her work, the same one. See, I'm a dingo, not a dog. Still got that bit of wild spirit, you know. We don't try and break that spirit in the little children. We just love them for what, who they are. If they're a bit wild, beautiful. If they're a lot wild, beautiful. If they're nerdy, beautiful. If they're quiet, beautiful. If they're loud. Beautiful. So, you know, we embrace that in all, all the children and um, my time's up. Yanu, my brothers and sisters. Thank you. Original land. 
I uh, could probably listen to Arnie Ronda yarn all night. She's leaving us now, so can I just please get a little bit of a round of applause because you can hear us. <laughs> a really big reminder for me, I think, especially just to ring my elders, you know? It's never the wrong time. Um, and if you're in this audience right now and thinking, when's the last time I rang an auntie or uncle, just checked in. Even if they don't have much time, even if you don't have much time, like, there's always five minutes you got in a day, you know? We're very lucky to have our old people. And we've got a few of them with us in the building tonight. Our next guest is the first person I called when I was asked to curate this event. He's a man I knew the minute I came to Sydney all these years ago, Uncle Vic Sims. And if you don't know that name, you, you should, because he's been everywhere. Uncle Vic has toured the world. He's been with some of the biggest names in the music industry, and he is one of the biggest names. For us mob, his music has meant so much. He's been writing and singing music. I think he did his first song when he was 11. He might correct me and say it was earlier. And when he was in Bathurst jail, he recorded and released his seminal album, The Loner. If you have not listened to The Loner, then you need to because this is black protest music. He is one of our freedom fighters as well. He fights for our rights every day. He's a storyteller. And he's one of my favourite elders. He's a beautiful man. He's given me so much advice about showbiz, about what it means to walk with integrity, about what it means to belong to country. And he shares all of his stories from La Perouse as a proud, bidjigal man. So please put your hands together and welcome Uncle Vic Sims to the stage. Thank you so much. Let me stand again and uh, say, look, thanks for the welcome. And uh, thank you for such an address of welcome from our host and uh, all the people that amass around, around tonight. Of course, they say that this place should be full tonight, but because of the circumstances of this horrible... COVID thing floating around, we're, we're very sparse in, in having our seats filled. But, you know, no matter where we go and no matter what we do in, in being here in the spotlight and, and addressing you good folk that, you know, an audience is an audience. And you don't have to have many, many hundreds of people filling these, these seats, well, every seat to be, be uh, filled anyway. A lot of vacated, but there's a, there's a reason for this. And it's a reason that we must all adhere to because uh, everybody wants to have a life pandemic free. And uh, we're trying to do this and the country is in turmoil because of this. But, but the thing about it is... Aboriginal people lived through every known epidemic and pandemic that ever existed since, since colonisation. 
and we're still here today. And we'll be here forever and a day because it always will, always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Now, I've got a great thrill of being asked to, to come here tonight. And uh, because, and, I mean, throughout my career and through my lifetime, I've been in every nook and cranny of the theatres that exist in this building. I was first into this building in 1973 under circumstances that were sort of beyond my control at that time. And since then, I've, I've performed various rooms in this great complex, which is a, a, you know, the greatest internationally known site within the world, if not the world. And we're older than the pharaohs. We're older than the Great Wall of China. And we go beyond <clears throat> the spheres of existence. We are the First Nations people of this land. And we, we, we are right across the width and breadth of this country that they now call Australia. I am a Bidjigal man, B-I-D-J-I-G-A-L, Bidjigal man. And I was born on the, the first discovered areas on the east coast of Australia, on the shores of Botany Bay. And uh, I live at La Perouse, where I was born. There was no hospital for me to be born. I was delivered by an elderly Aboriginal lady. And I'm the last man standing virtually who still resides on that area uh, after being there all my life. It's my turf, it's my country, it's my Bambili, it's where I belong. And my family were there from be be the beginning. And I use a little throwaway line at times. And I said, well, you know, and it's a bit of a steal, I guess, because I heard it somewhere along the way throughout my lifetime. And I use it now and then, no matter where I go, I say, look, we've been here many, many thousands of years BC, before Cook. And we're still there and here today, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, be that as it may, I have traveled the world, as Rachel is, is here telling you, and, uh, and I've performed with some of the greatest entertainers of all time. Uh, a little while ago, my album, The Loner, was re-revived re and was, was at some of the great musicians that ever existed in the show business history of Australian music and, and artists or artistes. And uh, it was renamed The Painted Ladies. And uh, it was all these wonderful musicians like Ed Cooper, and, 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 and Powderfinger and all these things that come to light who put their hand up and said, yeah, we want to go on then. We want to be part of this deal. And it turned out to be a great, great album. So much so that, that the writings of my songs and, and the music that was uh, collaborated with is, uh, was called by the writers of Rolling Stone magazine along with all the great talents that exist in Australian music as one of the greatest written albums of music of all time. That for me is, is the, the, the ultimate in, in, in the wishes of my lifetime. At this time today, I 
squire had a, a group of children and their carers from the Jajam School at uh, Redfern around my, 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 my area, which is a big, busy old country of but the Botany Bay area. And I tried to get away from the, the premise of, of all these introduced uh, terms that they have around, uh, you know, uh, we have Philip Bay, obviously named after Arthur Philip. We have Cook's River, obviously, uh, James Cook. We have the Georges River, who, who sent Captain Cook out here to just acknowledge that there was a land out here, but he didn't mention that the land belonged to Aboriginal people. He said, go out there, befriend the people, con them up and, uh, and take their land off them. And if they give resistance, you know what to do. And it happened that way, ladies and gentlemen, over the many, many years. I am in the process of now being a, a consultant on the script of our great warrior, Pemelway. We were supposed to go into production earlier this year, uh, earlier last year. But because of this uh, thing that's coming up all of a sudden and it's destroying souls and minds of good people across this land, hence we were here tonight and we've virtually got, uh, we've virtually got a, a, an empty theatre. But this is being recorded and it will be played to the multitudes of people who will get to see this, this wondrous building in its, uh, in its entirety, I guess. And so getting back to me, I am one of 10 children and uh, I've lived in, a, in the first discovered reserves of this land and I grew up there and poverty existed beyond the extreme. And uh, so we had to, to battle for what we, 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 we did in our lifetime to succeed. And we were under curfews. We had to be home by six o'clock when the gate was locked. We had to go to through the Jesus and, and, and God routine of having religion palmed on us, pushed on us. Not just, uh, you know, say, look, this is good for you. And we went through all these destructions of our culture through, and all we got in history really was uh, Birkin Wills, James Cook, Arthur Philip, King George, and that was it. We never ever got taught about being Aboriginal people in our school days. Well, I didn't anyway. And the managers that they had to manage us under curfews, which existed from the time you opened your eyes to the time in the late evenings, around about two o'clock, one o'clock at times. And you have a torch shined in your face and the head counts would begin. And if there were people not at home, they'd be asked, where are, are the rest of, of your siblings or whatever? So you, you, your life wasn't really private to take beyond your adult personas. I lived poverty. I've seen poverty. I still see it today when I see the dear homeless people freezing their toes off down under the tunnels at Central Railway, which I think is a travesty. And it could be overcome if the governments would get off their tails and, and, and know that there's a, a, a people without a community to go to. We were lucky. 
We're still under the, the, the guise of, 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 of look after the black situation. And we've had prime ministers after prime minister. And some of them were good in their, in their attitudes and some of them were just piss weak in the rest. You know, and I say that, please forgive me. But this is the a terminology at times that people tend to use about the politics of Aboriginal people and the, and the authorities they put, uh, they're put under. And I found this solace in, in music. And as I said, I, I, I performed with some of the great artists of our time in this very building and beyond all across Australia, in other parts of the world. And that didn't deter me from realising who I am. I've never put onto the act that I'm, a, I'm above everyone else and I've recorded with some of the biggest labels in the world. And, uh, and maybe some other time, because as I said, I was first in this place in 1973 when they opened the doors and I did a series of concerts. And I did many more later on throughout my lifetime. I'm a political advisor to prime ministers, governors general, and I've done it for a very, very long time. I've met heads of state who asked me what it's like to live under a, a government that just doesn't really give much care or delight in knowing as the owners and the traditional owners of this area. And I sit here tonight to represent every man, woman and child in the Aboriginal community. I'll go back home tonight, back to La Perouse, and I'll wake up in the morning and say, well, it's great to wake up in your country and to sit here and tell everybody who are paying exorbitant rents maybe to live the dream, which is becoming interrupted by this epidemic and, and, and this monstrous uh, uh, illnesses that are floating around. And I, I'm hoping that some of my family would be here tonight. But, but because of the situation, I mean, I've got children and grandchildren down the coast. I can't even get past Wollongong now. People can't even get past Wollongong themselves to see their children. Now, I'm uh, a grandparent of, of, of 19 grandchildren and one grandchild with three grandchildren on the way. So I'm pretty cool on, on expecting that. And, but, but we must have a country to call our own because at this time, you know, our, our lands are being exploited for all. They're, they're, they're just demolishing sacred sites right across the land. And they're, they're, they're just putting us under the thumb again. And we can't get a voice, even with the, the rendition of the, the theme that was written and tried to be put through this federal government that exists at this time, called the uh, something from the heart. And uh, it was put there as a purpose to, to go to the government and say, listen, give us a voice in parliament, recognise us and to have a voice and place a, a multitude of, of Aboriginal people in the seats of parliament to represent us. It's not happening. I, can someone remind me about that, that dossier? What is it? The statement from the heart. Yeah, well, it was written by, uh, very much so by a dear friend of mine, uh, Miss Davis, and uh, I'm a little, getting a little memory loss at times, but maybe it's to the fact that five weeks ago I had a, I had a cardiac arrest and I died.
the doctors manipulated my heart to bring me back to a, a personal rhythm that brought me back to being here tonight. And I'm almost 76 years of age and I've seen it all. I've travelled every length and breadth, breadth of this land and I'll continue to do it and I'll bring back memories and the thoughts that our people have in other states where they're getting hard times. I've lived the, the, the morbid dream of uh, seeing a, a fair go with Aboriginal people and I broke the rules once and I paid for it. And when I uh, got on top of my, my uh, act again, I, I've never been far from the truth and the, the image I, I produce and what I project to people. And, I, uh, and I've been doing it for a long, long time. I first discovered I was a child prodigy. Is that the word, prodigy, prodigy? Anyway, I was 11 years of age and I performed my, my first stage performance on the 15th of October, 1957. I was 11 years of age. Then I went on to do Melbourne tonight, Brisbane tonight, Adelaide tonight, and all these wonderful variety shows over a period of 64 years of show business. We talk about prejudice. I didn't know what prejudice meant. I, just a, because we never got anything at school. As I said, the history teachings of invaders was uh, pushed into our minds like Burke and Mills, the explorers, Cook, Philip, George, the King of England at that time, has been pushed down our throats for so, so long. So we when we want a voice in Parliament through the statement from the heart, it gets knocked back. And then we have the, the Prime Minister say, look, we have no place. We can't have a third party in Parliament. So they, they ridicule the statement from the heart. And uh, so it will never go away. The reason it won't go away is because we'll keep mentioning it throughout our lifetimes. Me, for instance, I, uh, I will endeavour, and I hate that word at times, because it reminds me of James Cook. And... Uh, but again, you know, we haven't much choice in the choosing of history. We can't choose the history in this land. People choose for us. People choose for us the rights and the wherefores of where to work, walk, what to do in, in our everyday living cultural ties. And, and still this voice is at the back of our minds. I was stolen generation along with my siblings, siblings, but instead of being put into a, a custodial way uh, out in the country like Kinchula or down the coast at Bomaderi Nara, and all across, the, we were put, my, myself and my sisters, after my mother had a nervous breakdown. I think I was nine, and it, we were taken away on the 24th of April, 1956. And we were put into a, which they call the detention centres now, on Glee Point Road. We were in a place called Royalston, just on top of the Harold Park Paceway at the time. And my sisters were put into the Bedura home for girls. And my mother had to, to get well, go to court and fight to have her children back and come home again as a family. And it was very heartbreaking. And I get emotional about things. And I sit down and I tell people like you who are prepared to listen. And if, if, if this COVID thing wasn't around, there'd be a lot more people knowing the way an Aboriginal person feels. 
I don't look for sympathy. I have known every little thing, as I said, about my lifetime. And I represent the Aboriginal people of my area, not only of my area, the north, the south, the east, to the west of all my people. And they'll continue to be my people until the time that I'm stiff and laid to rest, probably in Botany Cemetery. And then again, I had to play for that, I had to pay for that land, my land, to be buried on. And I did that some time ago and I paid $11,000 to be buried on my land. What a disgusting preview beyond my death. And, uh, and you know, what am I gonna do for the rest of my life? I'm coming to the, the end of my life. I've already been through it technically the other, other week when I, when I passed. And believe me, there's nothing on the other side. There's no existence whatsoever. But I live, this is my right to live on this land, to be part of this land, to pass on my knowledge to my grandchildren, to anyone in particular who want to listen to me. And I urge you, I do bushwalking history talks at La Paris because I'm nominated and I was born there on country to, uh, to dictate and let you know who I represent and what I represent them for. And the, the Botany Bay, um, you know, is, uh, is, the, is the birthplace of Australian history. But at times they never got a mention throughout the universities. No, I had the great honour of just, you know, speaking so many uh, ways of my career and, and, and my experience as an Aboriginal man through the University of New South Wales, which has a very extensive program of learning for Aboriginal students. And uh, we have all these wonderful young students that are going through medical his histories and being all sorts of people who want to work in, in, in the everyday society that is Australia. Now, I don't know how much I've run over time. Maybe they get edited back a little, but I've made my point here tonight. And when I leave this building tonight, I take the dreams and hopes and the spiritual no, no, knowledge of the people who lived on this site all those many years ago when these ships came up the harbour from being uh, brought ashore down at Farm Cove. They didn't come to, to um, Circular first, they were down on Farm Cove. Then they made their way up here. And they, accost, you know, they were accosted by Aboriginal people. And, and uh, the Aboriginal people were really put on the back burner in the many, many years to come. Is it a whinge? Of course it's a whinge. Why shouldn't I whinge? When you don't get a fair go in life, you can, you can, there's no pretense. It happened. And we just hope that it never happens again. Thank you so much. And I'll see you later. Bye-bye. man from Lapa, and he has so many stories. That was just the tip of the iceberg. If you ever get a chance to go out there, I'm sure he'll invite you over for a cuppa. Uh, he was telling me the other day that around this time of year is when the southern right whales start to come up to La Perouse and they'll head back down to you and country soon. So beautiful time to go out there and check it out, I reckon. 
Our next artist who I'd like to introduce is somebody who speaks to something so important to me and so many First Nations people. Arnie Janine Lane is a Rudgery woman from the southwest of this state. She's a poet, a writer, an academic, and she uses language. She's reclaiming Rudgery language to share stories about her country. And she's written so well about that reclamation process. Arnie Janine talks about craving the taste of the language that our ancestors spoke, craving the taste of those words in her mouth, wanting them to come out and sometimes coming out a little bit clumsily. Doesn't seem quite right, so you keep grasping at them, keep trying again. And as a Walpri woman who spent my early years growing up on country in the Northern Territory, about 500 kilometres southwest from Catherine in a place called Lajamanu, something I really connect with. My brother Matthew is here too, and he was there with me. A big shout out, Jagari. <laughs> he was there with me in those early days when our auntie refused to speak to us in any language except Walpri. So we picked it up pretty quick. And throughout those years, living out at Punta Outstation, not far from Lajamanu, we learnt the words for the language, that we learnt the language for the country we walked on. Watia, watia, watia. Nappa, nappa, nappa. Jando, jando, jando. And as we got older, we had to move off country to go to school. We moved between Queensland, Northern Territory and Victoria, and we were usually travelling around, around in a beat-up troopie that carried six kids and two parents, and sometimes some dogs. And we got to see so many different parts of this country, usually homeschooling from books and making our way back to our own country when there was funeral, when it was important for us to go back. But eventually we landed in Melbourne for the large part of our schooling. Melbourne is thousands of kilometres away from Walpuri country. So it meant that going back had to be purposeful. We had to go back when it was enough time for six kids to all get into a car, pile up and get there, enough fuel, enough money for food. So usually that meant we went funeral time. Sorry, business. What that does, that distance, is it can create this disconnect. We talk about this, living off country. So many of us city mob now live off country. But it doesn't have to mean that. You know, we had a mum who would still speak those language words to us. We had a stepdad who did his very best to learn about our mob. Really good job, actually. So accepted that they call him Jupaljari. And so he'd drive us back when he could as well. And to this day, it's our responsibility. The minute we get old enough to pick up a phone, to drive a car, to get on a bus on our own, it's our responsibility to get ourselves back there, to find out those stories that we missed during that time we were off country. So Arnie Janine, who you're about to hear speak via Zoom on the screen behind me because she's down on Ngunnawal Nambri country in Canberra right now, and we know that COVID thing has shut down our borders. Arnie Janine speaks to this reclamation so beautifully, and I really hope that you take away what I've taken away from her words. Please put your hands together for Arnie Janine Lane.
Dear Jim Murray, I'd like to acknowledge and pay my respects to the Ngunnawal and Ngambri peoples of Canberra, the traditional custodians of this land, and pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. I'd like to acknowledge all First Nations people here this evening and pay my respects to your elders and countries. It's an honour to be here tonight to honour country. I was born on Wiradjuri Narambang, Badu Janine, Badu Wiradjuri. I was born on country in the early 1960s. I grew up along the road to Gundagai, Wiradjuri country, river country, freshwater country, granite country, rugged hill country, wild grassland country, flat country, high country, hot country, cold country. I was raised on country and taught to know country underneath, above and beyond nation. I was taught to live in two worlds, the Wiradjuri world and the settler world. I was taught how to read country first, then I learned to read in school. There are always two different stories, one of country, another of nation. The story of country is always first, always deeper. This is a story of country and people from my Ganhinarung, my grandmother, a story of truth, resilience and continuance. I'm honouring Country First tonight with a poem that remembers growing up on country as a child, then a story, then I'm finishing with a poem. Bridge over the river memory. When I come back, I remember it has been a long time Long time passing since I came back along this track to Gundagai, town of my childhood. There are many ghosts. I hear voices. I stand on a solid red gum bridge, longest wooden bridge in the world. The Irish nuns told me this on a good day at school under Gothic arches in a convent on a hill where I learnt about Australian history. This continent, Australia, is a young country, they told us. The history of this place is very short, shortest in the world. They'd seen the world, those nuns. Maps were pinned to the wall to show how far they travelled to spread the word. I'd only seen my country. Longest wooden bridge and shortest history, that's what I learned. Prince Alfred Bridge, they called it. Built last century by pioneers as they opened up our lands for progress. Our teachers said so how many river gums were felled. What were their names before they were rearranged across the river once their lifeblood? What was their history? My grandmother said this place is old. She said my teachers don't know the stories. I listened. On a bad day you could get beaten at school for asking the wrong questions about the short history and the long bridge. At school I learned to hold my tongue. The water under the bridge ripples over my memory now. The bend of the Murrumbidja, a deep archive, flows steady and slow. I walk on the bridge and remember how long it used to take to cross on my little legs clinging tight to the side rail as huge wheat and wool trucks thundered over the ancient planks laden with the wealth of the nation. Sometimes the river rose so high it swallowed the bridge and the town. Short history almost washed away by higher, older tides. No trucks now. The bridge long ago closed. 
steel and concrete girders bypass the town. The wealth of nation rumbles down different roads. On the other side, I look back across the floodplain. The old stone convent on the hill is empty. I come back after seeing the world. I hear my grandmother again. The bridge is short now, but the history of this place still long and deep. Murrumbidja. Murrumbidja is big water, mother of all water. She flows from the feet of snow mountains. She snakes arching and bending a twisted corridor through Narangbun. Her headwaters rise from wet heath bogs through the long plain north of high country of Bogong Moths at Giandra, a place of sharp stones, through the open country of Kuma, across the Monero Plain, where she fishhooks through Nagambri country before twisting west again through the big belly of Talbingo, where she turns downstream to Gundagai. Murrumbidja's arms span mountains, hills, valleys and plains. She sp spreads life through country with many children that move through the land like tributaries. Smaller rivers, creeks, gullies, her inland flow, her hooks and bends and twists and turns, eluded whitefellas for a time when they bought their time, when they started counting. Generations of Aradjuri, Galambangbas, rocked in this freshwater cradle. Yangu, you can hear it, the sound of fresh water running, a freshwater love song, a river is a body of water. It has an arm, an elbow, a mouth. It bends, turns, chortles, sings, rages, runs, lies in a bed, gives life, destroys, remembers everything. When a river is cut up, dammed and straightened out and polluted, our river bodies feel it, damming, mining, dredging, fouling, in this country, rivers run inland like veins and arteries to a heart. When a river runs, it is remembering its former self. No part of this land is unnamed. Under the nation they built, there are countries. Gundagai means bend, curve, turn. Marambija swings west towards Wagga. Deeper tracks wind back to Gundagai. Gunhingarung was born here, and Gunambang, Nangamirs, and Mimis too. The river gums still bear our marks. Rocky granite spattered hills ring the floodplain around Murrumbija. Great grey granite altars grow into hills like armour to protect them. So deep rooted in country they can never be moved or cleared or cut down, they remain unchanged against change, against time. And they came in the 1820s under the calendars they bought. Hume, Hovel, Sturt, you know those names. They learnt how to cross the Murrumbidja. Then more came, with their eyes on the rich river flats where Murrumbidja swells and swallows every generation when the mother of all waters come. They bought wagons, wire, tin and snot, brown and oozing from their noses. The old ones had never seen it before. More strangers came and built on the river flats. They brought women and children. The bang, bang, bang of hammers on nails built their dwellings. 
too close to the water, the Balamul Bilmal told them, but they bought their science. Lofts, they said through their flat faces. We have lofts to climb if the river rises. It is not if, but when, the Balambamble know. But they said no more. Then she came, gun and bang, the mother of all waters, Thursday, June 24, 1852. They made time. Murrumbidja ignored it. The Wiradjuri mob had already gone to higher ground. By nightfall, water was flowing through their houses. They climbed to their lofts. Murrumbidja kept rising. They used their numbered sticks to record that she was rising one metre every hour. Only the tops of houses remained by dawn the next day. Floating logs rammed into houses like battering rams. House after house was swept away. Cries for help, the shrill terror, rose over the roar of Murrumbidja and the screams and pleas for help carried to high ground at Kaimo where my mob waited for the waters to peak. Their bank, their school, their church, their inns, their shops, their houses fell like skittles under a great tongue of fresh water. The old trees on the flat held country firm, deep within their roots as the river rose above them. Friday, June 25, 1852, 11 p.m., all their tick-tock clocks swept away. The town was no more. The moon broke through into a clear, cold night. The mother began to steal, leaving her swirling waters to cleanse the valley and the plains. Most of the strangers drowned. Those that survived clung to the tops of river gums and the few brick buildings that had been spared by Ganhimbang, the mother. Then Yari came with a slim bark canoe cut from the old trees and launched into the surging foam. Then Jackie joined him in a bigger canoe with Long Jimmy and Tommy Davis. And their history books say these Wiradjuri warriors saved over a third of the 250 strangers who claimed the flats. Their dead were barely cold in the ground before they began to build again. And when Gundagai was rebuilt, it was put on the high ground above the floodplain. And the heroes of the flood were soon forgotten and the survivors were presented with a bronze medallions to wear around their necks. And in the following years, Yari and Jackie could be seen frequenting the fringes of town, begging and mistreated, and all died in poverty and rest in unmarked graves on country. This town forgets, Gunhingarung said. More strangers came. The town grew. They cut down old trees on the river flats. One by one, they felled them for bridges, houses, schools, shops, hotels, and paper, their higher power. Flat, white, brittle, sharp civilizations buried under the weight of paper. We are caught between time and paper, words, writing, books, records, numbers, dates. They write us wrong with the flick of a quill. And there are maps, scrolls of paper that cut up the world, flat drawings of land and waters slashed with lines, lines so fine yet impossible to erase, lines that once drawn can never be undrawn, grids, gradients, equators, meridians, 
marked with dots, joined with dashes, slashed with colours, the maps of this empire are stained pink with black and brown blood. I honour the Ballambal, my ancestors, for their legacy of story and care for country, their resilience through all times. We are still here in honour, in strength, in unity, Kuwayu, for all times, still and yet and always. Narambanyali, country speaks. It's been too long since I sat on granite in my country and thought. Too many years since I breathed this air. Buddying, Ghana, felt this dirt. Namandai, Dagen, smelled this dust. Bara, Nin, Baran, listened for the sounds of her words to say. Belanda, Duhai, Balmul, Nia, Wambai, Yabion. History does not have the first claim, nor the last word. Naginai, Yara, Deherbal, Nihinai, Gingu. You can speak us now. Narambanyale. Thank you. It's been a tremendous honour to honour country with you tonight. Mandanguru. Now, I know she can't hear us anymore, but please, one more round of applause for Arnie Janine Lane. I've been instructed to stand over here for the introduction of this next set because it's about to get a little bit exciting. Um, one thing I will mention, though, is Arnie Janine has recently helped edit a collection of poetry through Red Room Poetry called Go for All Times, and she spoke about those language words there, but it is a collection of some of the most amazing poets in this country, First Nations, truth-tellers, storytellers. If you can get your hands on it, you definitely should. It is my immense privilege to introduce this next brother of mine, he goes by Dreaming Now, but you might know him as Neil Morris. He's a Yorta Yorta man, and he's one of the biggest truth tellers that this country has ever seen. He's a hip hop artist, and he plays around with the electronic medium. But I first met him in Melbourne on Wurundjeri country, Bunurong country, a long time ago when we were doing community radio, Triple R, three Triple R. He had a program called Still Here. Still Here speaks to everything that Neil stands for. He is the embodiment of the continuation of our cultures. He lives and breathes his responsibility every single day. I don't think I've ever met somebody quite like Neil. He sings and he raps and he shares spoken word with such purpose. And he always does it with others walking alongside him. I've been so honoured to see someone like Neil bring young people like myself along with him in every single thing that he does, but to also honour his old people every step of the way. 
he met Uncle Vic Sims and he met Arnie Rhonda Dixon with me before this show tonight because it was very important to him to honour the old people whose country we're standing on. And he's invited some young mob to come up on stage with him tonight and share his music with us. So it's my immense pleasure to introduce Neil Morris, Akela Newman, Makasha Marcella and Derek Nanup. Attacks and heinous crops, poison in the waters. Yet the people we survived and scrapped with loss and decimated with deceitful props. 
rich yet the people we survive to pay respect and give love and thanks one time one time one time peace love and unity to all my originals why our ancestors in our lands amidst every child woman and man no matter where we stand our ancestors in our lands so why i pay respect the ancestors in these lands amidst every child, woman and man, no matter where we stand. The ancestors in these lands, so I, I pay respect. But yet the world lost its mind like a sleep deprived. People not peeping signs, the symbols divine. Carvings in stone, sacred vase, ancient truths in the work into the grounds, in the creeks, in the rivers, forests with snakes, liver, bird calls deliver, old truths in God's diction, the fog's holy halo, crystallize and glisten, now replaced with street names, Julie Whitson, smiles, line, space, comfortable and smitten, roads and avenues, central business districts, spiritual latitude, laws and metaphysics overtaken by the laws of their long lost mystics who preceded the present new type, but linguistics causing nations conflated, seemingly cryptic but confusion running rare, but yet deeply intrinsic devastation dipped in, severed tied to the ancient rods, vaporized out of sight on a soon to be broken down plot. Omens I can peer, seeping into sight, time to awaken, pay respect. The ancestors in these lands amidst every child, woman and man, no matter where we stand. The ancestors in these lands, so I, I pay respect. The ancestors in these lands amidst every child, woman and man, no matter where we stand. The ancestors in these lands, so I. I pay respect, yeah. Respect. Nagan Mulana, Yenbana, and Gartanil, Yoti Yoti Yir. Nengana Mulana Waka. I acknowledge these sovereign sacred lands that I stand upon, and I acknowledge the enormity of all the things that have occurred upon these lands for the Gadigal people, for the Bijigal people, the Darug people, all surrounding mobs connected to this very sacred part of country. It's an incredibly profound part of country. There are obviously the colonial impacts that have taken place in this place that are very heartbreaking to this day. But beneath this land has been shared with us tonight from amazing elders of this land, Annie Rhonda and also Uncle Vic. We've had amazing stories of richness, of beauty that is still within these lands and it is such an honor to be on these lands, these are still their sovereign, sacred, indigenous, custodial lands. We opened up the set here with an acknowledgement of country, and that also included the Gadigal language from Akela Newman, who is here with us tonight, and it's an honor to have her share with us as well with her connections to Gadigal country. It's a beautiful, special thing to be able to do that and step on this country 
in such a profound and beautiful way. And so that piece was Ancestors. It was a piece about honouring, acknowledging country through the medium of hip-hop. The next piece is one by the name of Always Remember. And it's about the profound beauty that as First Nations people, we can never forget what we descend from. It's so deeply etched into our spirits, let alone our DNA, which it is all etched into as well. This piece goes by the name of Always Remember. Ancestors asking many questions What are these lessons that compress, possess our dresses? Confused tribal diction guesses Anyone's best guesses Now they got generations seeking mass convalescence Eucalyptus whittled by devious shepherds Totems taken with no conscience or questions No concept or consciousness of things before the present Vacuous and empty like a windswept desert Heroin house under the moon Crescent in the noon sunrise To change the present We arrange trauma laden Generations fed up with the focus to be better Inspired could only do resin Fermented in these strange weathers Some seamen to get stuck in quagmires Vision torn and severed but original lines Always remembered, hold together in and out As we hold on to forevermore Treasures, cause we always remember, right? We always remember Yeah, we always remember, right? Forevermore Remember, right? We always remember. We will always remember, right? Forevermore. But some, they lost frames, claim divine name change. We arrange strange ways, submerged in haze, gray upon. Halcyon days, how unseen in the maze. That's the two ways, left with the do. Escape frames, time conditions, formulated wild transitions, play victims in written cinematic systems. But they got it all messed up, land covered in division, wild incisions. A carnage of innocent victims, so I just sit and waited for a minute. Spirit gets a floating up beyond metropolis, as river locomotion hit. The trick at least the pain beyond the hocus pocus open heart release into the souls of and devotion from in yours before into the very present moment I just sit and analyze where your queen and scope and while I'm still here trying to stay blessed stand strong it's about a stress that's trickled down the riffy conquest another warrior roaming just trying to get rest on this quest so I close eyes focus and catch breath stoking fire containing ashes from the sacred part ways of life dripping down create the spirit life yes we always remember, right? We always remember. Yeah, we always remember, right? Forevermore, yeah. We always remember, right? We always remember. Yeah, we always remember, right? Forevermore, yeah. We always remember sacred law. We always remember. We always remember all the spirit in the land. Nothing name, nothing name, forevermore.
always remember you Always remember I Forevermore Always remember Always remember yeah Always remember Acknowledge how beautiful it was to share the first couple of songs with Kayla Newman here with us tonight. As someone connected to these parts of country, it's, it's incredibly profound and it's something that I value very much. Wherever I have the privilege to be able to, to walk on country, to be able to engage and be reminded of the profound impact and the profound importance that is so central and pivotal of custodians of a country and that their connection of 80,000 plus years means absolutely everything here in the now to human life as we know it. This next one is an unreleased piece and it's about the beauty of our people, you know. Our people are so beautiful, so incredibly beautiful and we're living in a a special time in the world where a lot more of that is being engaged with. It's not so much about there being more because it's always been there, it's always been incredible. And the vastness of the rich beauty and magnitude of that of our people is incredibly mind-blowing. It's just, I am so honoured to live in this time that, that our people can showcase who they are in a way that sadly wasn't as easy for some of our ancestors. And so this is about that, and this piece goes by the name of No Question. And also, to my left, I want to acknowledge the deadly, powerful, amazing, beautiful sister on the keys here, and also on the BVs here on this track, Mikasia, who is of the Durrambul people, and also of the Tongan people as well. I 
can feel all your medicine is all around you In the glow in your eyes makes me feel brand new I can see all that dreaming when I ride through sparkling Like the stars in a deep night view Connection to the law and everything before it's too spawn From the depths of the core of who we are From your to the true to the Navajo Navajoquee Musqueam to Ananu More of you shining is what I'm grateful to see All that original magic all across our countries From the desert out to the tropics and the palm trees Dungled up fresh water to the salt water seas Got wood mountaintops on the rocks with no trees Solar cycle of magic that could kill all our disease A treachery, a colonial schemes know what I mean We are descendants of a divine majesty A lot of love in a mother's hands There's a lot of love as we connect across the dance Following plans grant from the ancestors All beautiful across the land No question, each and every I can see the lie We got that spirit that they cannot deny In our baby's cries and the smile of our elders We are beautiful like the sun upon the mountain I know the pain from what's come before Got you wondering what is this life really for But you're still like the eagle to soar As you hold your head in the depths In the middle of these wars and these ongoing tortures See you are a power in a physical form So I'll always adore you Deep feel Lord that's embedded in your aura See we are sons and daughters can holding these stories from more that came before as they try to stop us at dawn As we wade through all of this residual morn I'm finding threads connected to the ancestral forces of the old people Talking proud of continued walking from the valley and the shadow of death A strong ornaments resurgence in each and every one of our breasts Don't stop like the creator spirit never left Blessing the world holding all that magic in our quest Lot of love in a mother's hands Lot of love as we connect across the dance Full of plants grant from the ancestors Oh, beautiful across the land No question, each and every I can see the light We got that spirit that they cannot deny In our baby's cries and the smile of our elders We are beautiful like the sun upon the mountain Lot of love in a mother's hands Lot of love as we connect across the lands Following plans grant from the ancestors All beautiful across the land No question, each and every I can see the light We got the spirit that they cannot deny In the baby's cries and the smile of our elders We are beautiful like the sun upon the mountain things happen you lose sense of time that's kind of part of what this project is about it's about the timelessness of the profoundity that is first nations people and where we've come from who we are where we're going this next piece is a piece of poetry that i wrote specifically for this event and it was about i guess for me really connecting into the emotion of being on this land and a lot of the, the difficult things that have happened on this land and what we really need moving forward. If only they understood all the things we were put here for, 
to walk in accordance in every way with secret law. From the deserts to the shores, mountain tops and river floors, moving to the rhythms in our DNAs and in our cores. From Gadigal land across the Noongar land beyond the Nullarbor, the colour of our sacred ways being broken, I cannot ever understand why, what for. But even all of that though, no, I'd personally feel like I don't want to level the score. But we know it's undeniably true that if all got behind us properly, this so-called country would be transformed in a way more beautiful than any could imagine from when so-called Australia's first dawn was born. See, we come from things beautiful, intricate in every aspect, but they got us trying to take back steps, like back when they had us on missions, tried to break our backs then, but we never lacked strength. See, black is made of divine energy, never collapsing or relapsing, is forever in movement and our sacred action. That move with the breath blessed by Biami, serpent descendants still here amidst tsunamis, and they got armies, but we got ancestors that forever recent to and calm me to remind there is no future without us. No, there can't be. See, everything will sooner turn to dust without our custodianship brought back up to fill the cup. So we got to clear out all the corruption as we are and have been on the cusp of unbearable living conditions. And so like my ancestors, we still rallying and signing petitions wishing for visions of the right way to be easily enabled, the way white privilege is still enabled on all of our televisions, the way white privilege is still cavorts and can't even have a conversation about removing a racist anthem for a more equitable rendition. And same goes for the so-called constitution. A refusal to acknowledge the basic facts that their institutions are a confused, lost way of evil delusion, but we gotta find a way to put it all aside. Otherwise, this whole world where we live and die will subside. And yes, also, all your children too will not remain. When these destructive forces continue to collide amidst fracked lands, famished soils with nothing left at all for, with no place to hide, no place to smile or celebrate like only two years ago when this whole coast was up in fire. And if that wasn't a warning sign, I don't know what it's going to take for you to read the writing on the walls, but we know what always was. Always will be a place that we need healing. We need to break down the walls, cast away the illusions and the flaws of Western patriarchal force because it's run its course. And now it's time for healing. We must heal country. See, it's what we were put here for, after all. After all that's been denied, after all the tears cried, after all the white lies and white crimes, now is time for healing. Let's heal country because, see, it's what we were put here for after all. <clears throat> this next piece is about the illegal occupation known as so-called Australia. 
1788, they came upon our lands. Washed into the bay, stepped upon sacred sands. Didn't recognize there was governance at hand. Laws and conditions not based upon demands. Tribes, clans, and families in line with sacred chants. Song lines, stories, blessing, woman, child, and man. Stars, constellations, formulating plants. Bountiful plains of medicinal plants. Spouse beyond the physical, beating our dance. None of this dreaming unfolded by chance. But they didn't see this majesty right before their eyes. Labeled us as savages and plotted out to Mars. Took out star formations to represent their plot. Not realizing our true essence brought in through those knots. Busy painting laws to sidestep our rights. Deny our very ways till we were out of sight, out of mind. Spouted laws this landscape never defined in the previous 60,000 plus years of time. That said, Australia still has seen a crime. What he pushes out the matters and is blind needing the blind. Australia, it is not exist. What they be selling is me. Australia, it is not exist. What they keep on trying to tell me. Straight up, illegitimate. Australia does not exist. This is all lies, all of this, but none of this is what they try and make it seem. Laws formed in power, dynamics and schemes, superimposed upon eons of dreams, besieged with the intent to make us bleed. Adopt their creeds, the wither in the back, drop and recede. Assimilation policy, a swollen horror scene. White Australia, false democracy. No jurisdiction to take over autonomy. The lobotomy reads lies. A surgical pose to eradicate all black lives. They took children as they took all under the skies. Put poison in the waters. These heinous crimes, yet we survived. Yet we still on these lands. Yes, we strong as ever fair, but yet the dream and right here and the now. No matter the shackles, they cannot put our lighter. We ignited and proud. Australia does not exist. What they be selling this man? delivered from our mother's womb and hands this always was and always will be a land of countless indigenous nations none of which are called 
This next piece is about, well, if it's not Australia, then it can only be one other thing, where we are. That's a beautiful, sacred thing. It's a dedication to that. And I do dedicate this to the traditional custodians of this land, where we are right now. Endlessly, they've given us more 
from a desert to the shore. They delivering low. They singing that low for forevermore. Indigenous land is where you stand. Indigenous land is where we be. Indigenous land, it always was. Indigenous land always will be. Indigenous land is where we stand. Indigenous land is where we be. Indigenous land, it always was. Indigenous land always will be. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. 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 So we're here, Yarning Country, partly because of, well, you know, mostly because we're custodians still of country and we need to keep talking about stories of country to keep that connectivity going and the healing going, which is the theme of NAIDOC this year. This last piece is about healing. It's about people understanding the sacred land that they are on. It goes by the name of Get Back to the Lamb. It's been an honor to be here tonight and a privilege to walk amongst incredible people of this land, Uncle Vic Sims, Annie Rhonda. We are so blessed. Everybody is blessed that has been able to connect to the other amazing people this evening as well as Annie Janine as well of the Wiradjuri people. So again, thank you. And thank you to my co-performers for sharing this moment with me. Domadamanga, Nguja, big love to all of you. So I recorded this piece on Yori Yori Country. The sounds you can hear is down by the Seiko Kaila, Yori Yori Country. We've been in this position, maybe nobody expected Cultures torn apart from many intense pressures Destructive misdirection from election to election We need transformation to address it But how we gonna heal if the people disconnected? How we gonna heal if our mother disrespected? So much information, facts so rejected Full ignorance, yelling that truth is not accepted Rejected while society fall apart into depression As sacredness of land is waiting for all to be connected See it's so sacred From the coast forest, the desert From thousands years ago into the present See everywhere we step in, we step upon a blessing While still here the land, singing ancestors Gardens never left us Back to the land, could hear all No question, deliver no conditional love With each breath here Get back to
I woke up in a nightmare Then everything is right When I got the land Right here But in my right ear Is the pain and devastation As the colonial destruction continues All across our nations Rejection of the fact We can't this land across those places Of sacredness From the Torah Straight to cooler nation And Yoda Yoda my home Original placement As our mothers pleading for us The heat that calls Desperation Singing the hearts and minds And spirits for the transformation Be patient I am here to clear your Pain and frustration Just be with me. I understand you and I love you and I always will No matter how long you've been away You are my child and every second I pray forth That you can elevate into peace with the sacred laws Come back to the land for liberation It's time to make it right Let's heal these wounds and lamentations Get back to the land Cause it will never ever ever hurt you You've got to get back to the land Cause it will never, ever, ever hurt you Thanks for listening to this very special episode of Ideas at the House. You can watch the performance in full on stream at stream.sydneyoperahouse.com.